Hi. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Let's Scream. Wait, what were you talking about? I was gonna say, like, I realize I've never, like, now that I'm, like, really into TikTok as a 30-year-old, like, never made a TikTok about, like, our whole intro and everything. So I'm starting to, like, do all of that. Did you catch us dancing or no? No, I just got, like, the full screen with, like, the song to be like, guys, if you want to know what it's about, you got to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever this podcast is. That's amazing. Awesome. So how are you doing? Doing good. I got my vitamin water. This is like the first time we've filmed during the day. I know. I know. It feels so strange. I'm slightly reddish because I'm in front of a window. So I have this beautiful red glow that that looks good at night. But then I just realized during the day, it makes me kind of orangey. But yeah. The lighting is uh, definitely different during the day than it is in our usual nighttime schedule. But Exactly. I'm excited to be doing it during the day because we have a really cool guest. Yes. But before we get to our guest, because I like to keep our audience, you know, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, what have you uh, have you watched or seen anything cool recently? Uh, so Normally, I talk about what horror movies I've seen lately, but I haven't really seen any horror movies because we also just recorded two days ago as well. Um, yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> but I watched a real-life horror documentary that just got put on Crave, and it's called Phoenix Rising, and it's the Evan Rachel Wood story about uh, her getting, one, getting the laws changed to uh, extend the statute of limitations against domestic abuse survivors, and fucking calling out Marilyn Manson and like showing the receipts and like that dude can fuck off into the ocean like he should be behind bars for what he did yeah well yeah. I, I haven't watched it but I've been following the whole thing and and a hundred percent I'm a hundred percent with you on this and I think it's really important to have these these type of documentaries and for these these type of stories to 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 have a place in like the public discussion because Yes, it's one thing to like, we all enjoy like horror and horrific story and like, you know, fiction and like, you know, within entertainment. But like, you know, it's always good to to remember that these things happen to people in real life, you know, and and it's one thing to enjoy it as an entertainment. But then like, it's always good to to remember that, you yeah. know, what these things really are about and what really they they represent. And I think it's also good to point out that like, status and power and money and fame do not make you like you can still have these situations happen to you despite having everything in your favor and it's just it was very very upsetting to watch so if you get easily triggered by anything involving self-harm suicide drug use rape assault ahead of time like heavily warned before watching this but also know that a lot of positivity came out of it because she got the laws changed and Mm -hmm. that will help so many people because it's true like anyone who's been abused most of the time don't come forward and don't process it for years and having that statute of limitations extended allows them to deal with it on a longer like in a longer time period to really come to terms with things exactly yeah but what have you watched that's maybe happier than this (laughs) well no it's kind of hard to follow this Uh, i mean i think in our last episode i mentioned fresh um but i haven't had i haven't watched anything but i did finish reading a really 
cool book. <gasps> yes, Grady Hendrix. By Grady Hendrix, which is amazing. Everything that he writes is really fun. Uh, I, w- I was a huge fan of uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which was his previous book. But this one, I think it has a special place in my heart because it, it's about the final girls. You know, and we did an entire episode on this, which heads up, if you've missed it, you can watch it. Uh, it's episode three, four, four. Yeah, four. Episode four, all about the final girl. But um, I think what's really interesting, though, in this book, and that also kind of relates a little bit to what we were just talking about, is that it does bring this idea of final girls, which who are like the heroes of these horror movies, but it brings it into real life. And it shows all the trauma that they endure as they continue trying to live a regular life, you know? And it's really great in that way of like framing, framing it differently and bringing this realism back into this type of entertainment that we really enjoy so much, you know, so that we remind ourselves like, you know, about how to be a human at the end of the day, <laughs> despite everything that we enjoy watching. So yeah, oh, I yeah. So that's uh, that was my recommendation for this time. And if I may make a very little, um, a, a special little plug, um, I know you're not oh. going to do it yourself, so I'm going to do it for you. So my lovely yeah. co-host Ali <laughs> is making these really cute little jewelry. So these are little Ouija planchette earrings. And I got this, which is a little necklace. It's like a bleeding rib cage. I'm gonna try to show the details. Oh, it's like so clear and like I love it because I mean I love the color scheme because it's so clear and pale and it's so different from like the super like gaudy stuff that I usually <laughs> wear. And it's like fun and playful. But then I realized it's really hard to show on camera. But people. <laughs> If you want to see, oh my god, you have a letter. God, I love you. <laughs> I am plugging you a little bit. So go check out her stuff. You it's really fun. Yeah. So um, yeah, there you go. This is my my little plug for your work. You know. So that's it. So um, well, we have, as you mentioned earlier, we have a special guest uh, this. Uh, I was going to say this week. I guess this for this show. This show yeah, this week. <laughs> this week, um, who's a very dear friend of mine. She's a wonderful, multi-talented filmmaker and ha- author. Um, and she's also a film reviewer and she used to work as a programmer as well. So she's like, you know, really multi-talented. Um, it's hard to keep track of everything that she's done. Um, you know, so I am obviously talking about the inimitable Izzy Lee. And we will start by showing you a little teaser of her new short film that is currently making waves on the festival circuit. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> It's time for today's lesson. Yay, what is it? How to make it look like an accident. (laughs) That, like, haunts my dreams. Hello, Izzy. Thank you so much for joining us. I forgot to say that you are quite possibly one of the most punk rock filmmakers that I know. (laughs) As this teaser can show you. Thank you. Um, It's super fun to be here, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so welcome to our our Let's Scream show. Uh, We tried to keep it fairly casual here. Um, The whole idea is to kind of have a slumber party vibe, even mm-hmm. if it's like pure, like broad daylight right yeah. now. 
Right. It could be, it could be nighttime in our hearts. <laughs> always. Yeah, always. <laughs> so what, what did I forget? Did I get it right? Did I forget any other wonderful thing that you've done? So I you, I don't know if you can see it now. You can't oh, probably oh, can't see this. No. Uh, hmm. Maybe if I turn. Oh, yay! Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, that's um, so cool. Can... Oh, oh. Uh, hold on. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Stupid things, man. Hold on. If I put my hand. Oh. oh. Here we go. Oh, yay! Wow, oh, beautiful. Oh, okay. that's amazing. So I you love can it. see some of it at least. <laughs> Gorgeous. I love it. Is that something you've always done or is it like a new project that you started post-pandemic or post? Um, I, I've been a, an artist, a visual artist since I was old enough to, you know, pick up crayons um, and, and a writer and an actor. Like, but I will put one, you know, modality down in favor of another to work on that. Um, sometimes though, like I'll work on a couple of paintings at a time and then put them down and um, go work on, say, like a script or whatever or a short. Mm -hmm. It depends how I feel. Cool. Yeah, wherever your mood takes you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but right now, I guess your main. Do you do you feel like you you think of yourself first and foremost as a filmmaker right now, or yeah, yeah that's your main yeah. uh, <laughs> your main medium. It's the hardest and most uh, fulfilling that's but you're extremely prolific because i think you you've like i think did you do one short per year at least steadily because it's it's i have a feeling that you've been doing like one short per year ever since you started which yes, which is amazing that's insane. yeah that's that's great that's amazing what's your secret <laughs> oh just uh i'm fueled by anger <laughs> i mean <laughs> you mean you aren't <laughs> yeah right yeah, it's it's absolute anger and an and an impulsion, like a, an impulse to to create. Like I can't not, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate oh, to yeah. that. So your work has a well. I mean, as you said, there's lots of like you know rage. Um, you know, it <laughs> has a very but it, you know you have a very unique style that has a very like in your face, unapologetic like you know punk rock sensibilities to it you know i'm saying punk rock especially for meat friend your your recent uh your recent short um what what drives you which kind of stories drive you and like you know how does that you know is that is that an approach you want to cultivate or is that just a matter of like all the different stories that come to you sure yeah i mean i i seem to have two different sides of me where one is really fucking weird and funny and the other is like a socio-political horror and then sometimes there's a Venn diagram where they meet, you know, in either in terms of like subtext or, you know, comedic tension within a horror environment. But um, I got into filmmaking starting back in 2012 because I was so pissed off at the United States and the, the people who we fucking elect, you know, to run our government. And, um, you know, you... You might remember that legitimate, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, the whole legitimate rape bullshit. And um, I decided, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to just fucking do it. And I caught the bug and here we are. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to tell us a little bit more about your uh, recent baby, uh, Meat Friend. <laughs> <gasps> Meat Friend here is... Ah! Ah! <laughs> I love it so much. 
Meat Friend is made from um, latex and upholstery and some glass eyes and a lot of failure and um, maybe a little bit of American hubris, right? Oh, my God. So, <laughs> he, he is a pile of um, hamburger meat that comes to life when a child microwaves him because, you know, it's very scientific. Yeah. Um, and he's also an ex-con and he teaches her how to make a shiv and why and about, you know, maybe people have to go away if they owe you, owe you money and things like that. And um, basically what had happened was living in this terrible pandemic prison that we are all in, you know, um, I needed a heightened environment to take me out of this already heightened and crazy environment. And I needed to laugh and I needed to make others laugh. And so finally, I'm going to be able to go see this with an audience for the first time next week at the uh, Boston Underground Film Festival. Yes. Congratulations. Hello. That's Congrats. awesome. Thank you. Um, it, it'll be really nice because <clears throat> not only am I in California these days in the Bay Area, but it's already played twice and I've not seen it with an audience. And it's one of my home festivals, you know, the world premiere was Boston Sci-Fi, it's a program for both of them. And um, it'll be so nice to be in one of my home theaters, the Brattle, I can't fucking wait. Oh my God, so. That's amazing. I can't wait to, to know about how audience will react to it. Cause... Yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> Why do they react great? So you're a film programmer as well as a filmmaker. Now, as a film programmer, you have to make decisions as to if a film is, for lack of a better term, good enough to be in this festival. Do you feel like that kind of affects your work as a film festival, as a filmmaker? Yeah, it, it does in terms of, you know, I, I know that there are certain things that you should do in order to better your chances. Mm -hmm. um, I am really no longer like a programmer per se, but I still do screens, like screenings for like, I've done South by Southwest for the past two years. I've done AFI Fest. Um, uh, I was on the jury of Knoxville Horror, which. Yeah, you were. <laughs> actually, I was the one who suggested that we award you a special Jerry Prize for, you know, an incredible first short film because it's so Thank fucking you. good. So congrats. I want to see more from you. Um, you will. I promise. Good. Good. Keep going. You don't give up. It's fucking tough, but it is so worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can make something really short, like under 10 minutes, 10 and under, short, tight, to the point, edited well, timed well, you know, hopefully acted, you know, decently. Um, effects, if they're good, great. Um, you don't necessarily need like an amazing amount of special effects, especially if you don't have very much money, which a lot of us don't, um, all of that. But if you can tell like a short punchy story and then maybe with a gut punch or two, you know, um, your chances will be great. And if you go to these festivals, make friends, be very nice to programmers because they all talk to each other. Okay, don't forget. <laughs> you network, you gotta sell yourself. It's not just yes, yes, yourself. Yes. Just you know, honestly, be yourself and be friendly and and just have fun. Yeah. Cool. So I've noticed um, to just to come back to your work uh, in, in your recent short, like you you tend to lean 
more into humor and like comedy than than your earlier work was very political and very I guess like very um well nihilistic you know mm -hmm. <laughs> to play with your company name you know um and, and, but but i've just I, firstly i've come to discover a really fun side of you with yeah. obliteration of the chicken <laughs> and disco graveyard and now with meet friend was just like you know just pushing it like you know into this um complete like you know wacky humor which i think is completely wonderful how how do you feel uh the the like what are the difference um in your process like you know uh, when you compare your more serious work with the the more comedic or do you have a preference like you know i'm just kind of intrigued about how like you know your uh, how you see these two different sides of yourself yeah i mean i mean i can tell you that the comedy is more fun to do yeah definitely um they both You know, the, the horror and the comedy, they both have meaning to me. However, um, it's they're both all about timing, tension and release, um, editing, delivery, comedic delivery and timing and horror. Like it, 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 I see it as two sides of the same coin, kind of like, you know, the, the types of films that I do. Mm -hmm. um, I started doing a little comedy way back in 2018 with my monster. And some people loved it and some people were like, oh, well, I didn't expect this from you. And I don't know. Like, they're like, mm. so I'm like, well, whatever, man. You're not going to tell me how to fucking run my life. And I'm like, I'm going to do more comedies. Fuck you. <laughs> and we did, you know, Obliteration of the Chickens. And it got like a crazy good response, which I, after my monster was, you know, mixed, I found a little shocking, but really encouraging. Um And there, there were certain programmers that encouraged me to keep going in that vein. And I was like, if I feel so inspired, then yes, I will. And I did. Um, <clears throat> it was, it was, it was fun. Although I, I will say that filming um, Meet Friend was the most difficult short of, of about the 20 that I've done. Um, just in terms of like, there's a puppet, yeah. which took, you know, six months to get to me. Um, there was a child star and I've worked with kids several times before, but never in the lead role. And so that was an interesting challenge. We, we shot in, you know, 102 degree heat in Burbank in August. Oh my and, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then we were also near the airport. And so there are a lot of noise delays and um, it's also during pandemic because I don't hate myself enough. So I gave myself oh, all of these challenges. <laughs> And you conquered them. <laughs> yes. Enchanté. Yeah. So yeah. when yeah. inspiration strikes, you got you gotta hit, you know, while it's there, you know. So you know, if if you don't let what is bubbling up inside of you creative wise to come out, then you're gonna be a really frustrated artist and you're probably not gonna be fun to be around. And you know, I've been that way and I've seen it in others and it sucks. So do what makes you happy. Um, that said, <laughs> the scripts, the feature scripts that I'm developing and trying to make, you know, into a full-fledged feature movie are full-blown horror. Um, because at my core, that is what deeply bothers me is like the whole environment of how we treat each other in this society, um, particularly in terms of like gender suppression, race suppression, 
anything where there's a social injustice and holy fuck, there's a lot of it. So you can see why I'm mad all the fucking time. <laughs> but <clears throat> for my own health, I am trying to also lighten the fuck up and explore other weird things, which, you know, happen to be really satisfying. And I got to tell you, man, you know, whether it's a scream or a laugh in a darkened theater with a crowd, like, damn, if that's not the best drug, I don't know what is. It's so, so deeply satisfying to get such great reactions of a crowd. Yeah. So you've made a ton of horror films. You've written about horror. You've helped program horror. How did you get your own personal starter introduction into the horror genre? Like, was it as a kid? Did you read books? Did you watch like sneak movies when your parents were asleep? <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the above. I, um, <clears throat> my childhood is or was a, a bit of a mess and I was left alone a lot. And so, um, I amused myself by watching old Vincent Price films and old Hammer Horror films and um, in particular, An American Werewolf in London, <gasps> I think was the first movie that I ever saw horror-wise that really scared me and stuck with me. Well, that transformation was, scene alone is well, no. brutal. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you're thinking, I, I think I'm like five years old, maybe six. It's on HBO. My parents are watching it late one night and I'm hearing all these sounds. And so with the background, I was already watching like some weird stuff and spooky stuff, you know. I would hear this and I would just like sneak down the hall, <laughs> my head around the door, <clears throat> watch a little bit, get scared, run back. I'm like, wait, what was, I want to see more, you know, because it's like a drug. Yeah. And um, I just kept running back and forth. And that film always stuck with me. And it, I, I call it one of the movies that made me, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we all have these formative childhood experiences. And um, that was definitely one of them. That's and Edgar Allan Poe. I read a lot of fucking Edgar Allan Poe way too young. And it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of author, you also write. Um, I think you, you yeah short fiction stories, and um, I'm I'm kind of curious, like you know how how because uh, that that's also you've contributed to uh, numerous anthology film. And uh, do you see a difference between your work um, as a filmmaker and your work as a like well as a as a writer, like you know, because these are two very different medium and. Mm -hmm. I think people, they like to kind of like, you know, merge the two as being the same, but I think they're just very different. Like there are certain things you can get away in film that you can't with the written word and vice versa. So I, I, I'm just curious to know a bit more about your work in that, in that regard. And yeah, sure. Um, I'm about to be published, I think for the seventh time. And if I can get my acts together, I'll have a collection of short stories coming out maybe late this year. I'm not Ooh. sure yet. Oh my god, heck yes, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, really that's all around. You're just fucking crushing it on all the platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 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 gonna be cool if I can finish writing this script that I feel like I'm never not going to be writing, like writing this thing forever. Um trying to go back and forth is a little hard between a script format and a prose format, but in terms of the fiction, um Oh, man, I gotta say, it is so much easier because 
I only have to rely on me and just typing something, you know, um, versus film is extremely collaborative and you have a crew. And I always say, you know, we are nothing without our crew. Um, we need the support. I, I really need the technical expertise. You know, I've, I've really grown as a filmmaker in the last couple of years, you know, with lockdown and studying stuff. But at the same time, I, I'm not gonna go and teach myself fucking VFX. You know, that's exhausting. Like, I know that I'm gonna fucking suck at it. Why bother? So I try to surround myself with, you know, talented individuals that can make, you know, my ideas happen and come to life. And um, they come up sometimes with even better ideas than I would have ever. And so that is so wonderful, but trying to get a feature made is next to impossible. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I can sit down at the computer and I can write. And in fact, I don't have to write to a budget. So that's another thing that's fucking wonderful. So say for instance, I just wrote a story called I Am a Cat. And it is about this, you know, undercover, you know, secretive woman in black type person who's um, been turned into a fucking cat by a cult leader and she's bringing him down. Um, with the help of, you know, some other, like, men and women and Black friends. And it's all sort of first-person stream of consciousness. And, you know, in its current form, I may, might expand it. It's very short. It's less than 2,000 words for this anthology for um, Nikon, which is um, Northeast um, Horror Writers Convention type thing, which takes place every July during Frontiers, <laughs> which is why I can almost never go to it. Because, you know, it conflicts and I can't teleport, unfortunately. But writing fiction can be super freeing because you don't have to worry about budget or crew or schedules and call sheets, props, and, oh, did we forget this or that or whatever. Um, you could just rely on yourself and then write as crazy as you want and not have to worry about trying to find a budget. It's great. Uh, so who have your, like, biggest influence have been, like, in or out of horror? Like, who has really just inspired you? Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, you know, still back to Poe, Hammer Horror, Vincent Price with the Edgar Allan Poe, Roger Corman, AIP cycle, which was beautiful and luscious. Love John Landis's, uh, you know, 80s works were fantastic, you know, aside from his personality. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> David Lynch, David Bowie, uh, David Cronenberg, so many Davids in the All world. All the Davids. All, All the Davids. Davids. <laughs> uh, John Carpenter for fucking sure, because he also has that big fuck you to authority and social yeah. political dig that I, mm, it is, it runs through my veins. Um, love Carpenter. Man. So, so many. Um, in, in terms of like maybe more modern stuff, it, it is harder to parse that out, but you know, I thought Fresh was fucking incredible. And that is a first feature, which is- Yes. Yeah. That, that was a Sundance yeah. movie. Nia DaCosta's Candyman, holy fuck. If I can make anything even a smidge that good, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, 
you know, a couple of years ago, Adam Egypt Mortimer's Daniel isn't real. I love it so much. I'm mad I didn't make it because it's just it's all so real health yeah. horror and and mental illness and demons within yourself that you could fight yeah. and toxic masculinity, holy shit, and painting and boxing and like mm-hmm. so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot to be inspired by in the world. And then of course there's the actual world, which is very anger inducing, but I, I use anger as a fuel so as to not um, either hurt myself, others, or let in jail. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you need to have that safe outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talked about how many amazing women that have inspired you. And because you've been like a program, you've been on juries, are there any people in the indie world who you could see being the next so and so, the next Nita Costa, the next anyone that you've seen particularly? Wow. I might have to think on that for a while. Um, there are so many, so many uh, brilliant filmmakers, some of whom discover that the world of film is not what they thought it was. And um, they they just can't deal with the constant rejection. Like every, every day in this industry, it feels like a punch in the face a lot of the times, whether it's um intentional or not and i think a lot of it definitely is not um mm-hmm. but it, it, it is hard to not take things personally sometimes mm-hmm. for sure you have to fucking be resilient um that said there are so many wonderful up-and-coming women filmmakers in the horror space particularly that i see they're gonna be fucking rock stars if they get their chance at a budget for real. I think, Allie, that, you know, you're one of them. And Mode, from your writing that you've been doing lately, holy shit, I can't wait to see you, like, do your next feature. It's going to be dope. Um, Allison Eve Hammersley um, had, you know, a couple of shorts that were really great. A.K. Espada, she's out of New York, same thing. Um... There are so many people, and it's just like it, it is hard to think of just a few. But you know, Adam, of course, is one of them. Um, Justin Benson and Aaron, uh, Aaron Moorhead are going to direct my favorite show now, Loki, <laughs> which I met. At, I met them at Fantasia along with Dave Lawson in 2014. Holy shit! Wow, yeah, they are already incredible. They're already gonna. You know, they're already directing Marvel. It's fucking insane. They are. I know stars and i love them very much um, it's really crazy to watch someone's trajectory having known them for so long and being like crazy hey. i remember when you were just this little nerd kid at fantasia and now you're working with marvel <laughs> i yeah. know yes oh my god um i've been hearing a lot of great things about ty west's new film x <gasps> i yeah, know i'm so I excited can't... to see it i'm like dying that yeah. i haven't already gone to a theater um i just saw um south by southwest online um maria mariama diamo or diallo Forgive me. Um, Master is very good. Um, there's a new film called Hypochondriac, right out of South by. That's also very good. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the filmmaker's name, and I feel like a jerk. But there are so many wonderful films coming out from new filmmakers, and it's just it's really cool. It's really inspiring. And um, Alice Wad- Alice Waddington 
who did was it Paradise Hills a couple years ago? She's another. She's fucking great. I love Paradise Hills. Just the, yeah. the visual aesthetic of that movie was beautiful. Oh god, I know, right? So good. Bill um, Clavin, who did The Wave, um, really surprised me, and that was the first feature, and that was so fun. And that that is more of a, a trippy psychedelic cosmic comedy. It's very good. Nice. So many, so many. Yeah. I hope that's enough. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm happy that we're recording. Yeah. I can go back and be like, okay, who am I looking out for? You just like take notes, like listen again and just take all the notes. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I am yeah. bad for like watching like Kayla Janice's new doc where it's like three. Oh, hours it's so good, right? Being like, I'll remember all the films I need to revisit and then being like, oh my God, there was like 200 films mentioned. I don't remember a single one. But yeah. thank you, we're recording this and I can go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. there's... I, I think I have a list somewhere that I can I can drop into the chat even. Um, nice. She, as, as a doc filmmaker, uh, is fucking great. I was staying with her when she was editing that, and I was shadowing Adam in LA on Arch Enemy. And um, I, I wish I could have, you know, seen more into her process, but it was intense. You know, she would be working every single morning and afternoon and night. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, she goes hard. She does nothing half-assed. Like yeah. her books are incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so another cool. Fantasia friend, man. Like yeah. all, almost all of my fucking greatest friends, my oldest friends are from Fantasia. It's insane. I love it so much. That's it. That's how. That's how we all met. You know, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Also, I feel like this being episode. Six. We have yeah. now talked about Kayla Janice in almost every episode. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. We have to eventually. Have on yet? Have no, on? not yet. We will. We should. Yeah. Well, not not. We should. We will. We know we that will. we will. And, we will. Uh, it's just very funny because I was just going to say this. I'm like, I think, I think at this point now we have officially mentioned her or her book in every single episode. So yeah, so good. So it's going to be weird if we don't have her on the show. It's just going to be us. Writing love letters to her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's doing a new edition of uh, Hus Psychotic Women. Yes, I'm That's so excited. So good. That is that is my favorite. Got another book coming out too, the cockfight one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Truly, everything she does is wonderful. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like here for it. Like, take my money. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of like, because I mean, we, I know we've talked multiple times about how hard it is to get anything made and like how hard it is for anyone and, and a lot of like, you know, the unfair advantages sometimes in this industry with some people so many. getting so many opportunities, like, you know, handed down to them so easily compared to like other people who struggle for years. What, what would you say keeps you motivated or would you have any advice for anyone listening who is at that that dire point of being like, oh my god, I'm ready to give up? Like, mm -hmm. well, that's me. Like at least once a year, maybe like yeah. five times a year. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> only keep doing it if it fuels you and makes you happy. Because if it fucking makes you miserable twenty four seven, what is the point? You don't want to live like that. Like tortured artist, like it's a nice trope, but it fucking lives. I mean, it fucking sucks to live like that. You know what I mean? Um you have to sometimes put things down, take a step back. It's one of the reasons why I work in so many different forms of art, whether it's like painting, writing, draw, drawing, like, you know, acting, filmmaking, whatever. It's, it's all part of the same thing that fuels me. 
if you don't find that it is um, that filmmaking is a thing that features soul, then don't fucking do it because you're just going to be one of those bitter filmmakers that complains about everything all the time. <clears throat> and I know that we all do that. We all take terms, but because um, it's human, right? But to live that way is, is, it is hard on yourself. It is very unkind on yourself when I can't recommend it. So unless you can't not do it, don't um, do something else that makes you happier. But use what fuels you. If it's anger, use it. If it is something else, use it. Um, even if it's fucking spite, stay in the game out of fucking spite. You know, uh, my mug says, leave them at the bottom of the grave that they dug for you, okay? This is a mug out of spite. And it fuels me because, like I said, punk rock, fuck you. You know, you're going to see what I can do someday, hopefully. You know, if I get a budget. But um, we'll see. Nice. And best of luck to all of you watching this. Yeah. Because it is hard and it, it, will look and it, it, it will weigh you the fuck down. So when you speak a lot about budget, a lot of your films are very minimal cast, minimal locations. Is it written that way on purpose because it's easier to kind of afford one or two locations and a handful of actors? Yeah, it, it's written that way because I have $5 all the time. So um, I self-fund uh, with very little money and credit cards and sometimes some very kind friends that are in much better situations that want to see fun things happen and I'm, I'm quite grateful to them for their support yeah. so yeah i mean the thing is so i'm looking for a budget for feature for sure i don't know how big or how small it's going to be but whatever it is i have to use it um and make it work so anything that you have or don't have you just forget about oh i wish i had this i wish i had that you know that's all of us i get it use whatever you have and somehow you have to make it work because otherwise you're just going to be upset all the time you know so i mean i wish i was born rich and connected to and whatever but there's there's no sense and you know just dwelling on that you just gotta do it if you really want to fucking do it you gotta do it yeah so uh, speaking of working with friends, I'm going to take a moment to show a little teaser for another one of your short, mm -hmm. uh, which is also a great example of a very uh, social issue uh, tackling film. So and then we can talk more about it. Welcome to Future Horizons. Oh, ugh. welcome to Future Horizons. It's good to have you. Come on in. With no work in over a year. I just don't know how much longer I'll have a place to live. We'll take care of your baby. You had a tough time. You can relax. Okay. So obviously for those who have been watching us, they will recognize also Gigi Sol Guerrero, our wonderful yes. guest from episode three. <laughs> and um, also for anyone familiar with your work, uh, there's um, Casey. Oh, I'm blanking on her family name. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, kids. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, who you've also worked with um, on, like, you know, I think a few other shorts or postpartum. Uh, okay, postpartum. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was postpartum and another one or if it was just postpartum. So, um, I think there's just the two. Okay, perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, and, and obviously, I'd be curious to, uh, you know, for you to talk a little bit more about this project, which, uh, which deals with a very uh, heavy hitting topic. Yeah. So, Rehome is going to be on Shutter, I think, at the end of May. Um, oh, as part of their Ethereum collection season six. Yay. And um, I, let's see. I wrote it in 20, late 2018 and shot it in, I think, November 2018 in LA. Um, and it, you know, I think, Mode, you were in the audience when it played the Canadian premiere or international yeah. premiere at Fantasia. Yeah, right um, before Gigi's film as well. Right? Know, Culture I know. Shock, which was the Gigi. perfect pairing, yeah. Culture Shock, right. Yeah. And then she was there, of course. And it had been paired um, a couple of times together and it, it, it was just so funny because we never planned that you know but yeah. clearly this is the world that she comes from from Mexico and is living in Vancouver and um is a brilliant filmmaker in her own right and, and an amazing actor too um she's she's doing some great things and she's also you know somebody I can't wait to see explode um it, it is, Rehome is a reaction to another of the fucking nonsense things that my country has done here in the U.S., like putting children in cages and like, how the fuck? Like, wow. Um, so many things to wrap your head around and you can't, and it, there's so much cruelty there. And of course, you know, this was all led by that, you know, habanero Hitler who's down in Florida, like, shuffling it up and and i don't know why the fuck he isn't in federal prison but hey here we are and so this is making these types of films is a way for me to get out my rage the only way constructively that i know how and it is it is social justice justice so in in this short we are in the near future under the same fucking administration the wall was built um, the, the divide between rich and poor is enormous as it is, um, but, but really, really worse down at the border. And so, um, Gigi plays a character who is quite down on her luck and there has been a privatized system where you can rehome your child, it's like, it's like sort of give it up for adoption, but not quite. Um, like here, here's like this permanent daycare and we'll keep your child, you know, fed and cleaned and and housed and, and happy for you until you can come back and you're on your feet. And now it seems like a great charitable thing, yeah? Except there is a sinister undertone to it where, you know, rich enterprising, horrible racist white people are actually not keeping the children so well fed and housed and well. So there's a little bit of surprise there. I don't want to ruin it, but like, you know, go watch it on, on Shutter when it comes out at the end of May and tell me what you think. <laughs> yes. All about 
ladies on shutter and also the etheria uh film festival is truly amazing and they're doing such great things for women oh my god heidi and, and stacy are, are incredible and um heidi has recently finished this book that she's been working on and off on for like, i think like fucking 15 years about the history of women in horror from its start to through now i think oh my and god that's incredible go heidi yeah heidi's fucking great yeah. they're all so she the show. she's fucking great yeah, yeah. And, and and stacy is also so wonderful both champions of women in the industry this is not a women in horror question whatsoever i'm just always curious and i was like asking this when people work with babies mm. was it like one was that a real baby all of the yeah. time? That's a real baby. It um, it's it it ends up crying at the right places, which is fucking amazing. Nice. That is Miguel and Tiffany Rodriguez's baby. Miguel runs Harbo Imaginings Film Festival down in Santa Ana. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and she's I mean she's like maybe four or five now. I'm not sure. Maybe three or four. Probably four. I'm I don't know. But so he drove up uh from san diego and allowed me to use his wonderful little child in the movie yeah that's wonderful i love it yeah yeah it was nice um the baby was great she was she was a pro she was either laying there doing not much of anything or being fed or whatever and then when they start to yell and fight at the end the baby's just like, because it's just a natural human reaction, just looking around and wide-eyed and starts crying. Oh my yeah. god, it was perfect. And that was that was a one-day shoot. We got really lucky with the baby. Oh, that is really lucky. Because yeah. I know there's a whole thing where like babies can't be under the lights for so long, and you right. have to like swap out yeah. babies with like fake ones that you just hide with like a swaddle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the great thing about being in a super indie micro-budget filmmaker is that we. We don't abide by union rules, but also we we sometimes just get incredibly lucky and then that's that. Like I think we were only doing one or two takes with Scarlett Rodriguez, the baby, um, at all given times, and then they left. That's amazing. I got incredibly lucky. Yeah. Yeah. One day shoot two locations, Dolly Slider, like I, I can't even believe. Like if if I was a seasoned industry veteran, I'd be like, you can't pull that off. So sometimes having that, you know, punk rock indie spirit will be like, oh, don't tell me I can't do something. Watch me do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with, um, you know, so you've tackled, you know, um, like immigrate, like the immigration uh, situation with children in cages. You've tackled like postpartum depression, the legitimate rape um, comment. Um, also, uh, picket, like, you know, which was like, you know, about, uh, anti, uh, anti, uh, anti-choice people Those um, yeah. and, um, and rights of vengeance, which obviously is a big slap in the face of the Catholic, Catholic church. church. Yeah. <laughs> um, is wow. there any, well, and there's other... more like coming by the way, if oh. I get to make this one feature. Oh, nice. Yes, what I was just gonna say. So what's what's next? Like, what's the next? Is there another big issue that you really are dying to tackle, or that you just really want to touch on? You know, in your work. Yeah. Uh, well, I can. I'll, I will speak just a tiny bit about the feature that I'm writing. Um, it has a lot to do with 
gender and patriarchy um, in, in terms of like a more of a subplot, but the way that it can sort of hang over your life, you know, um, and it is, and it's always been connected to other patriarchal institutions like the Catholic Church. And so um, the the main story at whole is is not about that, but it becomes more and more intertwined as the film goes on. And in fact, there, man, I want to tell you guys so much, but if you know, maybe I'll tell you after when we're not recording. But um, it's gonna be a, a fuck you. It's gonna be a big fuck you. <laughs> at least with the last scene in the last show. Wonderful. Love this. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to fucking be able to make this. Oh my God, guys. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I had another quick, uh, something that, that I'm intrigued, because I also, I really want to touch on these two films, because um, it feels like, you know, because the, the, the rest of your body of work is so strongly leaning in one direction, we like you know not say overlook but like you know i don't want to forget them but um you got two very interesting other films that you've done one's a favor which is a dark oh, comedy yeah. which i thought was really fun uh but mostly also Innsmouth, which is a really yeah. great adaptation of lovecraft and um it was it's just like it's it's wonderful it stars uh, tristan risk uh you know and diana porter and um, and I'm just wondering because it feels like you know obviously I've I've seen all of your film in chronological order when they came out so everything kind of felt like it makes sense it's just, but now like looking back it's like um, your political work resonates so so much that like you know I find myself forgetting about these two films because they're they're not necessarily different but they're more like you know. Um, they, they don't have that 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 big strong political slant, but I really love them. So I'd like to know more about like you know um, you know just like you to talk about them a little bit and like you know how do you feel they fit within your body of work? Sure, um, yeah. Um, so having not gone to film school, I've been using these films as hands-on exercises in order to teach myself the physical aspect of filmmaking, mm -hmm. and I've had varying results and. You know, not all the films are fucking great. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are meh, but it depends. You know what it is? Like, I, I really thrive off of a certain type of energy. <clears throat> and it is in both my comedic works and my horror works. Like I said, two sides of the same coin. And um, A Favor was written by my friend Chris Halleck, um, who is programming for Buff, um, Boston Underground. And um, I had read it and I thought it was funny. It's about this, this guy who is a friend of this woman and she just like, oops, I killed someone again. Can you, can you help me clean it up, please? And she sort of used him that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of bodies pile up and, um, you know, some of the acting is good and another of the actors not so good. And that's that was a teaching moment, you know, where I was trying to be inclusive and, and cast, you know, some demographics as, you know, comedic elements, but they were maybe not the greatest non-actors to cast. And so I learned from that. And and it was fun. You know, we just we had a lot of fun making it. And it's it's kind of like 
Oh, this dude died while helping me and all the other dudes died. Oh, oops. <laughs> you know, which is, you know, something I see a lot in your work too, Mode. Um, just always enjoy, right? Oh no, some guy died. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> right? Um, and, and that is, you know, a reaction to having been suppressed by men our whole lives now, isn't mm -hmm. it? I can, I'm pretty fair. I can, you know, in saying I can speak for a lot of us here. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, thousand percent. <laughs> Blanket statement. Yes. To pretty much all women. <laughs> um, and Innsmouth, oh my goodness. That was on Shutter a couple of years ago and holy fuck the comments from all these bros. So oh, Innsmouth oh. is... Lovecraft, uh, Shadow Over Ismith, you know, if you want to use the correct uh, title adaptation, The Shadow Over Ismith. Um, Lovecraft, not a good dude. Mm -hmm. Weird writer, sometimes good writer, sometimes what the fuck? I don't even know what you're saying because you're describing the ineffable with all these adjectives that make no sense. Okay, well, okay, that's fine, I guess. Cosmic horror is, is the stuff that I relate to and the, creepy, the creepy atmosphere as well. But I decided to flip the script in terms of gender and make women the stars of everything and have men being the background, uh, my husband included, in non-speaking cop roles. And um, it's it's about uh, Detective Olmsted going to Innsmouth and investigating a couple of creepy murders and then getting pulled in by Tristan's character who, you know, little... Little Ms. Marsh runs the fucking town, and she is monstrous feminine to the max. Um, we were shooting, oh my god, which one was it? I've done so many that they sort of blend in together. Um, sometimes I also will shoot at the same time. Uh, like, so when I flew Tristan in from Vancouver to Boston, we shot a little music video called Arya Tara, which was part of this whole other concept album slash performance piece art thing. And I can't, I can't, re man. I'm gonna have to bring up my own IMDb to remember the name of this other one. Um, but it was the revenge porn one yeah. and her ghost mm -hmm. getting revenge on this guy. But anyway, so on that set, Tristan had told me about this special trick that she used to do at certain gentlemen's club in BC and uh, I said, what the fuck? I will put that on fucking film. I will do it. And she's like, let's do it. I'm like, okay. So I brought her in like another four or five months later and we shot Innsmouth and she did a super racy x-rayed thing with an eyeball and, and a place where the sun don't shine. And um, <laughs> there was a lot of, um, it's a lot of fun had and a lot of mad bros. <laughs> yeah. Like what, for example? I'm just kind of curious. Like, oh, the bros? Yeah, the bros. Oh, the, the fucking shutter comments. Wow, wow, wow. Like The shutter comments are always a dark place to go. They are a dark place. So if you're a filmmaker, I suggest you don't read them. Same with YouTube comments if you have films oh, yeah, on YouTube, yeah. which Ooh. I do have two. I have My Monster and Rights of Vengeance on YouTube. Cool. We'll put the links below. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, just stupid shit like everyone involved with this film should throw themselves into traffic. Like what else? Wow. Yeah. The anonymous death from men on the internet. Yeah. You know, like, it's like just dumb, horrible shit. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear this. That's fine. It. 
yeah. whatever. It's not made for them. They're pissed about it because they don't have enough fucking content from the beginning of time that's all about them, for them, and by them. Exactly. Exactly. Boo fucking hair. Hero sympathy for them. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do the lightning round? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, unless, Ali, did you have anything else that you wanted? No, we covered all of my questions, like, yeah. Because we, we both we both had our list of questions, you know. So that's why people can get on my phone to be like, "Have I talked about all my questions yet?" I'm not like just texting people like, "Ugh, this is boring." Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so let's do the lightning round. All right. I started um, last time, so you start this time. Okay. Uh, fave horror film. Oh my god. Well, so many, but it would have to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Oh such a good choice so fucking good it's so fucking good the dread the isolation the paranoia i mean it's not like today mm -hmm. everything is old is new again right yeah i know and it's just it is so brilliant my god it's just tight storytelling and the special effects and, and i i hate that the only female part is it is like an uncredited jamie lee curtis as the voice of the chess computer playing yeah. <laughs> really no, it's all about dudes but it's so fucking good it's like i don't know i love it so much favorite subgenre hmm damn i don't know if it's my favorite but cosmic horror really speaks to me um in terms of the existentialism that has haunted me my whole life I would say maybe a tie between that and gothic horror. Oh, gothic horror. So sensuous and delicious. And we need more of it, man. Like, where's our new interview with the vampire, right? I mean, I know they're making a TV show. So hopefully right. that will fill the void. But we need more of that. So, so good. Cool. Uh, fave horror franchise. Hmm. Interesting question. I'm usually not a fan of franchises because they just go overboard and they ruin everything. Yeah, with in space, like we were just talking our That's last episode on, on two days ago. We're just like, oh wait, Amityville in space. Is it real? Yeah, yeah it's going up soon. Space. It's not like once once we get to in space, like you know, it's it's done. It's over. <laughs> you know, so uh, I really love the first two Hellraiser movies. Oh, cool. um, I really love the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Cool. Wes Craven was a fucking master. Oh my god. Mm. Truly R.I.P. I know. I met him once. He was he was really nice. He told me never give up. Nice. Yeah. That's I love masterful that. advice. Yeah, that's good advice. Zombies or vampires? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say vampires because it fills that gothic itch. The no dark one ever says movie. zombies. <laughs> six out of what? six, man. Six, six out of six. six. No one says zombies. Nobody's. Well, I mean, they're kind of boring at this point, right? They are super boring. I think. I think we're just gonna pop the champagne if somebody says zombies at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the end of like podcast is done. <laughs> By the yeah, way, no. if you guys have never have seen uh, "Only Lovers Left Alive," oh, yes, yes, right? it's one of my favorites. It's so good. I rewatched it for the first time the other you know a couple weeks ago and it was yeah it was not feeling great it was kind of hungover <laughs> and 
it just filled this dark, gloomy, beautiful, slow burn pace. And my fucking God, Tilda Swinton and oh, Tom Wilson. Yeah. Delicious. And, and yeah. it is a beautiful film about love and yeah. so many other things, but love, everlasting cosmic love. Oh my God. Amazing. Also, shout out to another RIP, but Anton Yelchin. Oh, I know. Yeah. Gone way too soon. And he was so yeah. good. His career would have been just yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Totally. Total tragedy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ghost or slashers? Ghost. All right. I like a creepy ass. I love a creepy atmosphere, man. There, there's no getting away, you know, from it. I mean, slashers can be really fucking stupid, super misogynistic, but they can also be well done and fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I gravitate more towards, you know, the supernatural anyway, because I just find it more interesting to me personally. But I also think a lot of those films are much better made. Fair. Cool. Most underrated horror film. Man, I'm gonna have to go with Cabin in the Woods and fuck the haters because Sounds that movie's nice. really fun and it's really it's well made. And Sigourney motherfucking Weaver, all I have to say, so fun, yeah. so fun. Yeah. Um, horror crush could be a real person, could be a fictional character, whatever. Alive or dead? Man yeah. Or woman? Anything. Horror crush. Fuck, man. I'm, I'm going to have to go. I mean, I don't think Tom Hiddleston in any role is horror, but that it is the same need that is fulfilled as both a vampire and as Loki. And I'm wearing my Loki ring today, by the way, too. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. Right? I love it so much. Very yeah. inspiring character for me, at least with this new TV show. Oh, for sure. Love sure. it. Love it. But, you know, any, you know, brooding vampiric type character like you know the original interview with the empire fuck man louis and lestat jesus christ amazing yeah love that favorite snack to eat while watching horror films popcorn with a lot of butter and a lot of trader joe's elote seasoning try it if you can find it and mm. i don't know if you guys get trader joe's, have a trader joe's no i know it's so <sighs> dumb i love trader joe's me too i want to riot i want trader joe's to be in canada i was like oh my god i need this so every time long. i go to the states i stock up on stuff for trader joe's because i'm like we don't have this in canada i'm yeah, sorry I, I always like leave like half my suitcase like open mm -hmm. just to like shove tons of like trader <laughs> joe's snacks for the plane oh that's yeah. great yeah 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 totally but also, yeah, no. no one says anything other than popcorn because it's the fucking greatest. It it's is like so movie, movie, movie food, right? I, know, it's I, like, I keep thinking, like, at some point, maybe somebody will say something different. But hey, you know what? If it's too obvious, we'll just pull it out. That was a try. Yeah, yeah. I would also say whiskey, but that's more of a drink than a snack. Yeah, I mean, I would consider it a snack. Yeah, that's calories. Yeah. yeah. So, once again, could be fictional, could be real people. The horror edition, fuck, Mary kill. Fuck Mary, really? Who are your picks? Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Should we start having like three lined up to like choose from? Sure. Because last oh. time we did interview with the vampires, so Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas. Mm. Yeah. 
Although I like when we leave it open. I don't know, because I'm the one who likes to break the rules, but that's just me. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like because the horror genre is so big, it's like, well, I'd probably kill a lot of them. Oh my God, so many, so many people need killing all the time. Um, if, okay, if it's these three, Fuck Antonio Banderas. In Latin. I feel like he'd be so good in bed. <laughs> exactly. Man, passion is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kill the stat, even though he's wonderful, but he's a fucking mindfuck. And marry Louis because he has the best head on his shoulder. Yeah. And they all have such good hair. Oh, I'm a sucker for long hair to anybody. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, well, here we are. Yep. Uh, if you could remake any film or adapt a book, what would it be? There are a couple of books I would love to adapt. Oh my God, so many books. I know so many amazing authors. Uh, the remaking by Clay McLeod Chap Chapman, yeah. Um, is a really great book on making horror movies and a folklore legend slash witch. Um, it is really interesting. It's set up in a three-act structure um, where a child actress is playing a little girl ghost based on a real tragedy where these asshole dudes uh, burned this woman and her daughter to death alive uh it, you know because of witchcraft in like 1931 which you know the timing doesn't seem right 1931 for burning people alive in this country so I, I don't know about that but um and then it was made into a movie which was basically the author has told me let's scare Jessica to death fan fiction and then a tragedy happened on that set and then um that would be like 1995 and then flash forward to I think it was 2016 and the denouement and new tragedy and just just so much craziness it would make a great great tv series um there's a series of books by a writer down in texas i think she's either houston or dallas her name is elsie barlow which has to do uh there's a trio of books um peak parish and uh, man i can't call the the other one but it's also a p name i think a title and it is about a really fucked up young woman who was raised in a cult and for, forced to assassinate people at behest of this cult and she ends up um discovering so many crazy supernatural secrets like this guy is keeping you know basically an angel prisoner in the basement and feeding off this guy's soul. Um, and, and there's a whole heaven hell fucking thing. It's nuts. And it is so well done. And this woman is such an amazing, flawed, angry anti-hero. I love it. That would be another one. Um, the Lottery by Shirley Jackson. Yes. Serves a great fucking update. Um, my God, so many. There, there's some, you know, stories on my own that I'd love to do. There's a story called Demons of 1994, which is in a pizza horror anthology. 
um, which takes place and guessed it in 94. And there's a whole, you know, spell book and a demon they summon and they kill their bullies and everything. But then it gets out of control really fast. So that would be really fun to do. Um, I think actually Let's Scare Jessica to Death could really use a good remake. Um, it is incredibly creepy and atmospheric, but it's not the greatest movie. Um, I mean... It'd be really nice to make a modern gothic story too. Mm -hmm. Maybe some yeah. in Ireland would be fucking great. You yeah. know? Yeah. Totally. So many ideas, but that's all I got for now. Cool. I mean, that was a lot, so I'm very excited yeah. to see what you do. Yeah, me too. Well, okay, so um, next question is it's very similar, but I guess I'll have you pick one. What would be your dream project? It could be something that you've already mentioned, or it could be something entirely different. But yeah. Man. I mean, a dream project would be just working with like Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston and like all these incredibly, incredibly classically trained actors over in the UK and Ireland. Um, they are just phenomenal over there. Holy fuck. Uh, that anything with people of that caliber, you know, would be a dream come true. Um, working with Another hero of mine, Guillermo del Toro, you know, he, he executive produces a lot of stuff. That would be another dream. Um, and maybe that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility if I can get to a place where my, my work is, is at a higher caliber because he's a friend of some friends. And so anything can happen. I'm not sure, but that would be incredible. His work is just jaw-dropping in terms of the production design the art direction and the everything oh my god it's just i i can't say enough about how inspiring Guillermo has been to me it was really nice to meet him at fantasia too yeah. <laughs> oh it's so insane i got to talk to him for a couple minutes but you know just a couple yeah yeah i feel like this question has already been answered as well but our last question was if you could work with anyone in the world yeah. let's let's go with tom hiddleston right now Fucking amazing. I, Tom and Tilda, holy fuck, man. Tom and Tilda forever. I want them to like have a TV show together where they just live in a house and it's like a reality thing. Oh, like, that would be fun. That'd be really this fun. like only Lovers Left Alive this series. Yeah. Almost, for like um, 11 seasons. <laughs> no. There was, there was all the money to make that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, they would hire, I mean, it would have to be Jim Jarmusch. I'm it sure. would have to be. Yeah. It would be amazing. There was an episode of the What We Do in the Shadows show where Tilda came in and has our characters. Yes, our I know. I, I, would. I was dying. Me too. So oh, that episode is so brilliant. And all of the other actors also that they refer, like, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, Brad and Tom couldn't be there. I'm like, That's amazing. <laughs> so just, I love this. And like Danny Trejo's there and like Jermaine Clemens. And I'm like, oh, thank you for bringing all of these wonderful people back. Yeah. Take a TT. <laughs> I I ended up walking straight into that guy uh, a couple of years ago. I want to say like 2014 at the Overlook Film Festival. No, wait, it was called the Stanley Film Festival that time at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, which is where Stephen King wrote The Shining, where Mick Garris filmed his TV series yeah. based off of the same book. Um, that was funny. That was so funny. <laughs> Um, my God, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to work with Taika as an actor. Holy fuck, he's, ama he's amazing. 
Writer, director, actor. Jesus Christ. Even in like really small roles where you don't really clue in that it's him, like in the new Suicide Squad, where he plays the with the rat girl's dad. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. yeah. Also in yeah. Jojo Rabbit as Hitler, I <laughs> was laughing so hard. That whole opening scene, I couldn't deal with it. That film is brilliant. It's Holy so shit. brilliant. So brilliant. Oh my I God. He's definitely a filmmaker that I really like how he does like these big Marvel movies, but then he still makes these other projects that are still purely him, yeah. you know? You know, sometimes you, you, you're going to see a director and then once they make it to the studio system, then they just stop being themselves, like, and they just kind of... Right, because they're not allowed, but yeah. he's able to be himself. Exactly. Um, and he still continues making other projects that are outside of the studio. Yeah. That's not a... Like, you know, arguably a multi-million dollar. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I gotta say, man, like, I, I am shocked at how good, how good Marvel has gotten in the last couple of years with bringing on fresh new talent and allowing them to keep their voice within yeah. the parameters of what they're trying to do. And yeah. so many of their characters come from trauma. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I never expected this kind of depth from superhero shit. It's, yeah. It's, fucking great and and honestly it's really inspiring um i i was able to um jump onto the sundance collab uh webinar with victoria alonzo who's one of the her and kevin feige basically run marvel and um she has like this view on life with a philosophy uh with super like creative uh things to say and 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 such deep deep meaning uh, like these these like she'll just come out with like something she'll just say somebody would have like asked her question she'll just be da -da -da -da, and you're like holy shit that is so fucking great she's like on the level of Guillermo del Toro in that sense where I just find her incredibly inspiring um if you like you know look for her online for any talk she's given like she's amazing um oh my god just so good. Another another person I love to work with is Maz Mikkelsen, who I've met, who is <sighs> hilarious. He is hilarious. Really smart, really funny. Um, just a joy. Talented. So fucking talented. Jesus Christ. Um, anybody, I, I would love to work with any fucking actor who is kind and open and vulnerable and talented. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I guess, um, I mean, we are um, coming to an end because it's already been, oh my God, it's like time to by. It's like, oh my God, it's already been an okay. hour. Um, but I guess before we leave, uh, when can people, where can people see more of your work if they want to see your stuff, find out more about you? Sure, yeah. Um, I, I might have some stuff on Vimeo. I think I, think I might open up um, a couple of things like Disco Graveyard and Obliteration of the Chickens. I think I might make that public really soon. Um, on the Altar channel on YouTube, you can find My Monster and uh, Rights of Vengeance. And then on Shudder at the end of May, Ethereus Season Part 6 is where Rehome is going to live for a little bit. Wonderful. And I'll be on the festival circuit as much as I can this year with Meet Friend. Wonderful. We will, we will be at the Boston Underground Festival uh, March, yeah, next weekend, March 26th in the Teenage Water Polo Block. 
um, and several others, which I'm not able to announce yet. So I will be around. Wonderful. So I've, I added the link to your website as well. And uh, all of the links mentioned, obviously, were, will all be in the description below the video as well. So or, or below the podcast for those who mm -hmm. just listen to us. Uh, and here's your Amazon author page for those who want to read your written words. Thank you. And I'm going to pull up um, the um, links to my monster super quick here. I'll throw it in the chat. Yes, obviously. Uh, let's see. There's one. Wonderful. And then let me get the other one. Here we go for my monster, which obviously we're going to make them clickable below the video or below the, the show because that's a lot of character to type. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting them there still, you know, for, uh, you know, for the exercise, you know, yeah. for those. And there's Rights of Ventures as well. So wonderful. I can be found. There you go. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for being, uh, you know, for chatting with us, you know. Uh, in Anytime. A, it's so fun, of course. Wonderful afternoon. Yes. It was yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was nice to spend an afternoon. Yeah. And it's so inspiring. And, and that's, I guess, that's always my thing. Like, I just, I feel like every people that we, like, every person that we talk to, I always feel so inspired by everybody's journey and everyone's mm -hmm. like, you know, um inspiration and and like you know how how they use the genre like you know and make it their own and and i just i i can just really hope that our listeners feel as inspired as i do <laughs> you know um and as i think ali does as well you know uh, i don't want to speak for you but like, i know we we we've, we've mentioned no, that's cool. you can speak for me okay, okay. Just, as much I'm as we do um so yeah i mean um and and obviously everybody else um Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, you see the scrolling link below um, as usual because we are part of the Infamous Horror Network. Uh, we are only one of many, many shows and uh, every single one has a different theme. So I invite you all to go check it out. Uh, we also have a Patreon for the entire network where you can get um, a little exclusive. Like for example, this discussion is ending now, this show, but we're going to continue chatting and you can hear what we're, what goes on after we stop the show and what we talk about, uh, on Patreon. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it tends to be a little bit, uh, less focused and unfiltered. So if that could be in, uh, That's you your know, jam, then yeah, come to our Patreon. Come listen. And as usual, also we have our Twitter, uh, feel free to tweet at us. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like, what you, who you'd like us to talk to. Hopefully, you like everything that we do. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, any final word? Uh, be a good human being. Whatever you do, whoever you are, it makes a difference. Not just to yourself, but to others. And thanks for having me on. Wonderful. Yay! Thanks for being on. Thank yeah, you. Thank so you so much. much. Wonderful. So. Uh, until next time. <laughs>